if we start with the end in mind, I believe that you reverse engineer everything back. So, you know, at step, if it's a five-step process to get that result or that goal achieved, then you go five, four, three, two, one. Number one is the first step. I don't need to worry about two, four, five, one. I need to start it and finish it and be solely focused to that. And that needs to be an obsessive almost behavior, an obsession in a positive way that it's focused. That then, upon completion, we get the feelings that we want and the needs met. You're significant because you accomplished it. You're certain that you made progress, which brings fulfillment, right? Which is growth. And you're, you're giving to yourself. And then you do step two, then to step three, et cetera. But we quite often, no, I quite often go, I think I can jump right to step four. And then I hit step three and my face goes whap, right in the ground. And I go, okay, maybe I should go back to step one and just deal with that. So with fitness, let's just use that as a simple analogy for all of us. We're in COVID-19 world and we're inside. So I'm used to going to the gym, I do kettlebells, I do all kinds of different uh, training. I have to train with bands now. I use my body weight. I'm doing push-ups, I'm doing pull-ups, I'm doing uh, air squats, and I'm doing them for long periods of time. But the point is, I'm doing. And if we want to know and define that result, that outcome, ultimately, we have this beautiful technology called YouTube. You can YouTube almost anything. I think it's actually the number one search engine now in the world for uh, how-tos. I'm talking about you know, how-tos how because there's, it doesn't matter what I put in there. There's someone with an opinion or a thought on how to do that. And how do we create that ritual? So see what people are doing that have what you want and then simply copy it. We don't have to create it. We can copy it. Pick something in each of the chunks of your life one thing that's maybe four goals in total then for me a relationship goal a work goal a health and wellness recreation goal and then an education motivation goal and then do it that's it dream about it decide document do it that's it that leads us into how do we do that and what do we is obsession a good thing? And what do we avoid? What do we need to avoid? And why do we avoid that in achieving these goals? Because immediately all the excuses come, all the resistance comes the minute we set a goal. At least that's what I found. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? What do we need to avoid doing and why to avoid the procrastination and the negative thought patterns that immediately hit us the minute, minute we set a good goal? seems that we're all very practiced at setting goals, um, structuring our, our days, moving ahead in one way or another. And we've talked about the truth, which is there are human needs. We've talked about the truth that there's these different sections in our life. We've talked about the truth of taking action and setting goals, which, which is uh, um, these are very important to improving the quality of your life. A question that that comes to me right now is why don't why don't people do that? Like why don't they have the rituals? Why don't they pursue their true needs versus their wants or desires, which take them off track? And maybe I'd like to 
talk a bit about that and, and pass it on to you guys. So mm-hmm. times that I really felt that I excelled, I'll give you an example. I, I became a manager for the first time or a supervisor for the first time in my very, very early 20s. But I didn't know anything about supervision or leadership or management. But I had read something during that era that said, if you, if you wanted to become an expert in anything, all you had to do was read one book a month over a 24 month period, that's 24 books, and you would become in the top 10% of people that had knowledge in that, whatever you decided to study. And I don't know if those <laughs> numbers are true. I probably doubt if they were, like who measures that sort of thing. But it made a lot of sense to me. It's like, number one, let's become an expert in something. Number two, there's a lot of benefits when you start to develop expertise. And one of the major benefits is you really feel good about yourself. If you know more about leadership or more about supervision or more about management than most of the people that are in your your, uh, meetings for business, you're going to be able to contribute at a at, at a very high level, and that's going to allow you to a feel really good about yourself, but also showcase some talents and abilities, and also move your company forward, which again makes you feel really quite good about yourself. So there's a, a really amazing cycle of of um, development, development for you that has a spinoff for your company or your business, uh, spinoff for your family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he's directly to your question: Why? what should we avoid doing we should avoid things that stop us from being really really good at these seven eight areas in our life so if these seven and eight areas things like families friends finances etc etc are important life things that improve the quality of your life we should avoid doing things that stop us from being really good at being a father really good at being a husband really good at being a uncle or an aunt or a, or a business person or a supervisor or a manager. So the flip side of that is taking the initiative to actually focus on those areas and become expert, as expert as we can in those eight areas. So it's always been a driving force for me is, I shouldn't say always, I would say that I learned through life, learned through the trials and tribulations of life, that if you chose to be a husband, that it was in my control, not only just to be a husband, but to be an excellent husband, to be constantly striving to be better at being a husband and to know that it was a marathon. Being a husband is definitely a marathon. Being 26 years in my 26 year of marriage. Um, It's a marathon of opportunity, um, and experiences, right? So I think that that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's my uh, contribution to the question. What should we avoid doing and why? Keith, I'll pass it on to Tony. Yeah. I, um, as, as you were saying that the, the word efficiency for some reason was coming to mind. Right. And it's, um, and to maybe to, to tie back the whole, the whole book analogy to the fitness side of things, you know, uh, reading those books, those that that one book a month for 24 months is essentially you're exercising your brain, right? You're exercising that muscle at that point. And 
course that thing's going to get sharp and it's going to get well-trained because you're, you're exercising it. Right. Um, and it's, it's much like anything else. You, 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 like in fitness, you can't, you can't fake a 300 pound back squat. You can't just go from 150 pounds and then put 300 pounds on the bar and then all of a sudden sit there and, and rip it out. Like you've got to go to a 160 and 170 and 200 and 250. Like you have to go through those, those steps. And the, you know, the, the words that come to mind is, is almost like, like practitioner. Like you have to become a practitioner of, um, of whatever your craft is. And even if that's being a good husband, it is, um, it is, you have to be a practitioner of that, right? Listen to, to other people and their advice, listen to your spouse on what they're saying, listen to your friends about like, what do I do right? What do I do wrong? Right? Like those kind of things. But it's, it all comes back to the habits, right? If you do it once, it's great. It's a, it's a data point, but um, much like doing squats or fitness or running or anything like that, you can't just go run a marathon once and expect to be a pro at it, right? You've got to build up to it and you've got to do it. And like anything else, whether it is a skill that is a, a knowledge-based skill or whether it's a muscle you're developing or whether it's a relationship that you need to build, um, you need to put kind of drops in the bucket, right? Um, I had a good friend of mine once kind of used the analogy in, in relationship wise that like you need to put money into the bank before you can make withdrawals, right? And so like every time you, you go to this sort of relationship and you try to take something from it, right? You need some support or you need something, you need to have had put enough effort into that thing to be able to draw from that, right? And much like any sort of skill or anything like that, you had to have put in the effort to build the skill first before you can go draw on that in an efficient way. Otherwise it's going to be inefficient. It's going to be painful. And it's going to be something that you're not going to want to do. So I think to be very clear about what you should avoid doing is, is expecting, you know, professional level results with like amateur level input or effort into those things. <laughs> well said. Anything well said. that you want, whether it's being a husband or being a trainer or being an educator, whatever it happens to be, you, you got to put in the process and you got to put in the work to do it. Oh. Man, those are brilliant guys. I really <clears throat> couldn't agree with you more. And a word that came into mind, Tony, when uh, you were just speaking was, perseverance you know when we go and we are setting a goal or an outcome that we want to achieve that perseverance is actually what ultimately equals our progress the the end of that uh, cycle of change for sake of a better word that <clears throat> that progress has as a, a, a prerequisite or a requirement to actually achieving the outcome and that effort that you spoke of Unfortunately, in most cases, whether it be in a gym, whether it be learning a language, whether it be uh, writing a resume to get a new job, brings an activity which creates pain. Mm -hmm. And that perseverance through the pain ultimately is the partner that brings us our growth, the gain, the outcome, and ultimately which leads to that triumph. Mm -hmm. We overcame. So... I just want to share something that hit me and it's uh, our cycle of change that you said that so well, for me, I'm oblivious to something, a new knowledge that you and I, and, and that we're talking about. And then all of a sudden the penny drops, you use the word drops and it's just like, oh, my technique changed in, in, in something. And I, I'm in a golf swing as an example. And I go, Oh, when I do it this way, I generate more club head speed. That awareness 
is the beginning of change. So we go and drop from this place called oblivious, unconsciously incompetent to, oh, we're conscious, we're aware, but we also realize that we're incompetent. That's the beginning of growth. It's just straight awareness and that realizing that, okay, I'm willing to make the effort, the pain that you talked about, which ultimately leads us to a place of competence and the ability to actually do it. We begin to see progress. It's not the arrival at our destination or that new identity, right? But we become competent. It's like driving the car, right? And we're learning and we're grinding gears, et cetera. And then eventually we start to get smooth and we're able to shift through all those gears. It's only through repetition that you so eloquently led to, and Bob, you too, repetition is the mother of that skill. Fail. Mm -hmm. The fantastic adventure in learning that continually persevering through each lesson to improve and to ask the question, what do I need? What do I got to do? What do I got to change? Which will lead us eventually to a new identity, a new mastery level of whatever the skill is that we went out to. And that's unconscious competence. You don't have to think about it. We're able to shift the car, talk on the cell phone, or at least before the laws changed, <laughs> listen to the music and do whatever it is else that we were doing. We now are competently able to do that without even thinking about it. And, you know, that really is, is something that just drives those results, which builds more confidence, which leads to more potential, Bob, back to what you said. And then the cycle gets easier. It gets more grooved as we go. So taking a risk is what I'm summarizing the truth about that. What do we need to avoid? Just don't procrastinate. Step forward. You're going to stub your toe. We're going to have failure. Learn from it. Persevere. And ultimately, we're going to make some progress. Maybe not on our timeline that we desired, but we're going to progress. Thank you for listening today. We welcome you to visit us at www.theuncommontruth.life and find The Uncommon Truth on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Until next time, God bless.